The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports. I look at the way Pekin celebrate. I look at the way Limerick celebrates a monster, right? To, to go, we actually want to win the Leinster. You know, or are they treating it as just another game, another stepping stone? That's the that's question I have. Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. The Football Pod on OTB Sports. In partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Right, episode 22 of the Football Pod. Paddy Andrews, how are you? Good evening. James O'Donoghue, how's the form? Form is very good. The summer is heating up nicely, isn't it? Sure is. Yeah. Everybody put the weather, weekend. Weather's still crap, but uh, we finally got some good games, lads. Absolutely. Well, the games are unreal. Where are the gems? Where are they unreal? Oh, they were. They were exciting anyway. There was... The knockout, well, even the knockout element was was a different a different element to it, and there was there was surprises. You weren't you weren't sure what was going to happen. Like the football championship has been terrible up to this weekend. <laughs> let's face it. You're selling that product, Jimmy. <laughs> Ulster's done all right. The Galway Mayo game was all right. Munster's been poor. Leinster was poor. But this weekend, I thought it kicked off. I thought it was a savage weekend of football. What do you think of the quality, though? I get they were all like the finale. Both finales in Croker on Saturday were were brilliant. Yes, I think the quality was overly high in those games. No, um, well, I don't think C- we were. Ex- Cork Limerick as well was relatively exciting, but it was quality was low. The shooting on show wasn't great, but then then it explodes. It doesn't take ten seconds for it to explode in Clonus. The, fir- the first half of Clonus was a godsend. Yeah, the second half kind of died off. The Dully Gold literally just fell apart. But um, they capitulated after the penalty. Savage stuff, wasn't it? Like, yeah, oh, unbelievable. It was actually exciting to watch a like, great yeah. football. It was actually nice. You'd watch it with a smile on your face. Like that goal. That goal <laughs> what was <a> goal. unbelievable. <laughs> what, what was your favorite? What, what was your favorite part about the goal? The finish. The, fi- the catch and finish. Like, oh, the catch and finish. Funny. Beautiful. It's the hands so sticky. His yeah. hands are just unreal. He plucks it with such confidence. And he kind of he doesn't blast it top corner. No. He kind of curls it. He doesn't curl it either, but it's kind of an in-betweener. Whips, whips it into the top corner. Yeah, I, a whipper, that was it. I yeah. have time for Grugan. I like what Grugan's about. Yeah, yeah. Class, yeah. Rory Grugan, fair play, boy. Was that the score of the week? Yeah, there was a couple, look, there was a couple of nice ones in a lot of the games, but that's just the timing of it. Just talk about setting the tone. And do you know what the big thing, I mean, we'll get into it. Eight weeks ago, Armagh lost to Donegal by seven points. Yeah, and they didn't fire a shot, and it was everything that Armagh are not. It was so passive, it was conservative. It was like we'll sit back, we'll try and contain Donegal. Armagh can't do that. It, that does not suit their players. It doesn't suit their team. No. And talk about learning their lessons. In eight weeks, they've had a seventeen-point swing. Yeah, to take Donegal out, but that goal set the tone for Armagh. Front foot, win the win the throw in. 60-yard kick pass in, going for goal. It was aggressive, front foot. Even the next 20 minutes don't go great for them. It doesn't. To be fair. Yeah. But, but talk about, that was a, an intent. We what? spoke about last week. Mentality, it was brilliant to see. And then once, the, the black card, we'll obviously touch on that. But from that point on, they steamrolled Donegal. And yeah. it was, that's what our ma are good at. Yeah. They've learned their lessons going, feck this, we're not parking the bus or trying to be overthinking things it was like what suits our style of play what suits our team and it's front foot it's aggressive and that goal was just a total symbol of it can, um, can brilliant we, to see can we stick on it for a minute because there's a couple of 
moments in the goal I want to break down, right? What do you make of the tussling for the throw-in? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, but it's brilliant. What Ben Pruitt really does, it's brilliant. He nails two lads. He gets contact on two fellas. It's perfect. Yeah. It's unreal. O'Neill looks like he's, he's going to punch it, changes his mind, fetches it, wins the free. James is a man who's admitted that he's never caught a ball over his head. Can you talk me through what Rory Grugan did really well there? Failure, no? Did you, you got one of failure, did you not? <laughs> No, it was a year before that. It was, 13, uh, sorry, yeah, 13. 13, yeah. yeah. Because he kind of goes, it's, it's, goes it's, in behind McCall, doesn't he? It's a great well, It's so planned. It's so planned. I, you know, we didn't see the, the behind the goal shot, but he knows it's coming. The defender doesn't know it's coming. So he's probably shown out and next thing backtracked in. Out to in. But, yeah, out in. And, but when he goes up, he goes up with such confidence. Glorious. Even if the fella came up behind him <laughs> with a fist, he'd nearly still cut it. Yeah. McCall, he's McCall's not anywhere near him. He's not anywhere near him. He actually could have fumbled it if he needed that. He still would have got it. Like McCall's probably thinking, O'Neill's my man. I'm waiting for O'Neill to come in here in the next minute. He's out in midfield at the moment. I'd be taking O'Neill for this game. And plays, lads. Set plays from the throw in. They, now, they're oh, thinking, they have to, oh, at under 14 level, club level, Division 6, from Condrick Mead Hill, we used to have a beautiful move where we'd split the pitch and get goals up. <laughs> okay. I don't think it's ever been done enough at inter-county level. I know that Dean Rock obviously had it, that goal in the All-Ireland final within Merchant. like seconds. Merchant from the, the second half. Was that a set-piece move, Paddy? Or did that just happen? Merch actually wasn't a set-play. We, we had a lot of set-plays from throw-ins. Did you? Back longer than that, probably from 16, 17. What was your favourite one? We, we, we kind of had the same one all the time and actually worked a lot. Dino's goal was obviously, the, the, but Merchant's goal, that wasn't a set play. There was never a play where like Merch, you win this and then <laughs> 60 yards up the pitch and outside of the right into the corner. Like That just happened. Like The, the big thing and, and what a lot of teams try to do, there's different ways you can go about it. You're trying to vacate the center channel. Hmm. That if you win this throw in, you're going straight down the heart for goal. And we had an advantage because we we had six kind of scoring forward. So any team we played, we would have had a lot of their defenders would have been man marking us. And we would have, like say, Bernard Brogan at his peak. Bernard could walk over to the corner flag and the man is going to be over bear hooking him. Like, and yeah. he's like, I'm not even interested in this play. So we could manipulate where defenders were going. And um, it's the only time in the game, apart from a kickout, that is six on six guaranteed. Yeah. So you can and actually you, create. If you're a defender, Jimmy, you know, you're talking about McCall there, uh, Tommy. Like, you're revved up and you're like, you've had two weeks going, I'm going to be picking up Reed O'Neill. So if Reed O'Neill trots in, you're going to be all over him. And he can literally just jog out. We used to just run away from the ball, just run away, and the defenders would follow us. And we're literally there nearly laughing to ourselves as the lads are running 60 yards away from their goal. And all of a sudden, there's. The whole centre channel is wide open. So um, that's, you could see our man was a set play. You just mm. know it's intent. Mayo actually did it to Dublin in the, in the league this year in Croker. Yeah, Dermot O'Connor got to score off it. So lots of teams are doing it. It doesn't always work. There's times where it goes haywire, but you do see teams that win the throw up. There's serious intent to what they're looking to do. And our man's goal was that literally couldn't have worked any better. It was glorious to watch. Um, it was class but isn't that isn't that what we love about football though when something like that happens like just to the, the skills on show it's so rare you see it mm. that's the that's why it was nearly so one it was 10 seconds in it's the second fastest goal ever so it just grabbed everyone's attention but it's so rare you see a goal like that yeah 60 yards class, a mm. fetch and blast to the top corner there's always there's always it was, 
it was sort of like it was sort of like Lacey to Murphy you know in 12 yeah. a little bit like yeah. that the way that he kind of got now obviously Murphy kind of finishes slightly differently James did you have a little playbook in the carry forwards we yeah uh, we had a few alright um, I suppose usually if we had Donahue inside he'd be the main focus so be drag all the attention onto Donahue and hit someone else would probably be the, the play we had a good few different ones I don't think any really paid off except for the one in Donegal or against Donegal again he got a goal oh yeah caught on um Paddy McGrath and Ganey had a foot on him nearly yeah. well not a foot but he had a couple of inches on him and picked it over his head and, and put it in the net but it, it, it's like when you've actually worked on something and it comes off in the game it actually gives you a bigger boost than just getting an off the cuff goal it's like whoa That's we classic. actually know what we're doing here this is serious like we're, <laughs> we're in control of this game yeah. but just the, the long ball that went in from Reno O'Neill like it, it is so exciting but it's so sad that it's so rare like like that should be part and parcel of the game all the time. You could hear the crowd were so happy with it. They were delighted. But in a lot of games, the crowd go to sleep because it's all hand passing over and back. But as soon as <laughs> the ball you, goes you know in. Jimmy, the ironic thing is, Donegal for about 25 minutes yesterday, they play Murphy inside. They're hitting him with long balls. McBrady yeah, wins a lovely one-off Shane O'Donnell. Um, uh, Murphy's fouled a couple of times. Kayla Ward put some good balls in. You're thinking... Jesus, Donny Galler actually kicking the ball out of here as well. That's why it was such an exciting game. Yeah. And then it does. Like, there's, there's no getting away from it. Like, Donny Gaul at 25 minutes are nine points to one, two up. Yeah. And they can't miss. We're talking about long range. Thompson's nailing the McBrearty's sharp. He's involved in the game. He's not hiding in the corner. Murphy's on it as well. And he's playing in his best position. And you're thinking, the penny's dropped here. And our man were in trouble. Trouble. Yeah. It went to eight. It went to eight. To no, goal no, and a nine, nine to one two. Thompson puts them nine to one nine two. two. So it was, it was a game of points up, and you're thinking yeah. Donegal can't miss, and Armagh are struggling at this time. But yeah, it was the kick card. out again. They pinned them on the kick out. The black card and lift. we'll get into that. We'll You've get into never that. Never seen yeah. such a <clears throat> swing in a game in momentum. Yeah. They were level at the time, and it never came back. It no. was like whatever. Twenty eight minutes on the clock. Pat the black card. Patton's off. O'Neill scores the penalty, and from that point. Donegal never get back. They never get momentum back over the next. Donegal go 31 minutes with only scoring one point or Murphy free. I think they're outscored one nine. To a they panicked though, Paddy. Didn't they press the panic button very early? Um, like they're lobbing, yeah, they're lobbing ball in and it just, uh, it's too late. Like there's too many people back at that stage. It's a tricky one because the, the big thing, they were getting huge advantage from pressing Rafferty's kickouts like we knew they would. When you go down to 14 men, they, you lose that. You can't afford to do that anymore. But even when they get 15 back on a minute into the second half, now bear in mind, their man pulled away and we've got a five or six point lead at this point. The energy isn't there from Donegal. Even though they're pushing up, Rafferty's getting them off way easier. Mm. And it's like there was just a deflation there. And you, you'll see it in the games and we'll talk about the other games in the weekend. Momentum is massive in games. Like one sloppy play and Kildare were guilty of this, and Ross Common were absolutely guilty of this. And that costs you the game. When yeah. you give momentum to the big teams, they don't you, give it back. You, you don't get it back. Like Cork were blessed. Cork nearly let Limerick back into that game. Only for the penalty. Yeah. Your, your man gets sent off. What was it? Walsh after the diabolical stuff. I was, I was laughing away to myself on the couch looking at it. But they get a penalty on the next play. And that gets Cork off the hook. Off the hook. But uh, but that momentum piece is like 
You see it with Ross Common, you see it with Kildare, Oshie Mullins go and Mayo never look back and Dudley Gall. And I seen Patton getting stick on this. This was not Patton's fault. Really? No. I'm not blaming Patton on these. No chance. Wait, give, give it to me. He definitely takes 50 He chips the ball to McFadden Ferry and McFadden Ferry is like a bar of soap. He drops it. Then he gives it to McCall. Maybe should he give it to him? Sorry to put, McCall has it in his hands. And then Armagh come in and bury him. So I, I think it's harsh. I think it's easy. I to not get a bit of blame there because you're after, you, you've been doing quite well on long kickouts. No Armagh had a bit of joy. Patton for McFadden for No, not that McFadden one. Is the point, point. And he's, the, he's like, he's the second one. You've just been blessed. Like Supi Campbell's after missing a sitter that he should have squared the group yeah. or buried. He should have buried it. Yeah, he should have. He should have buried it, yeah. He should have but, buried but like, it. If he had McCall, left leg, he like, could have gone across the key. Left leg or do you not go outside of the right slightly? Just stand it up and bury <laughs> it? Anywhere but where he hits it. Anywhere. Sidefo, I couldn't believe it. Anywhere where he hits it, and it's it's a goal. He, I say Grogan's gone mad on the back. It was like a corner back, Paddy. He didn't need to take that it. shot. He That's not a pass. It. He, he should have scored it. Oh, he should have buried it. wouldn't have passed that. Yeah. No, hundred percent agree. Yeah, everyone was saying he should have passed it, but no, an extra an pass is goal. more risk. Anyone? No, Pat would have cut it out. Just married it. Yeah. Uh, but he, but no, yeah, I think it's hard for, for Patton to get the full blame. There's no way the first one's Patton's fault. Uh, Patton Ferry just has But in terms of decision free. making, Paddy, right? He, <laughs> he's done the first one. Fair enough. They've, they've got away with it mm. through a miracle. And Reno Neal has pinged the 45, yeah, the 45 yeah. about 30 yards over the crossbar yeah. with, with emphasis and intent, right? So, whoa, okay, let's just settle down here, get back to basics. I'm having some success, some success out the field. It will go long. And he tries another one right in the middle of the D. And they just come on him. But again, McCall has it. I think he should have got. Whether he should have yeah, given it to McCall, he's kind of playing with panic. The trouble. Like. Just the there's panic in the Donegal defence that stage. I want my keeper to bond that. I want to hit that into a contest to Mike Murphy. So good that he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't panic. That's, yeah. that's like a huge plus for a goalkeeper. Yes. You yeah. could see it either way. Because he could say. I, I just I, think, I think it's harsh that everyone seems to be pointing the finger at Patton here. And it's not, it's not solely his fault. Yes. Does he play McCall into trouble potentially? But McCall still has the ball in his hands. Yeah, he should do better. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely blamed him anyway on the, on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Player camp. And if the Cornell Bear Ford are trying to get in between them, like, the I love there was a, a microphone there. Are you not supposed to cover your mouth when you're. You didn't need a microphone, Jimmy. Yeah. I knew what he was saying. I think yeah. everyone could read the lips. That was classic. But what a hammer blow. Like, fair enough, you lose the first one, you lose the kickout, it's a point. To do it again, a penalty, a black card, you're down to 14, and then you take off one of your best players. In terms of momentum swing, it's it's an awful kick in the What what did you think about taking McBrady off? Nonsense, in my opinion. Crazy, crazy cut. Mental. What would you do? I I personally would have played outfield or a goal for 10 minutes. Who would you put in? We've seen Tyrone and and Galway and teams of this kill a game for 10 minutes. Yeah. And they didn't. They didn't kill a game. They didn't lie down. Yeah, it's very unlike Donegal. And yeah. you seen it in the Limerick Cork game. Uh, Enroy gets sent off or gets a black card. Cork score one three without reply. Yeah, that's the game gone. Essentially, it's so important for our teams. And to be fair, Tyrone didn't get a lot right the week before, but they managed that black card. Well. They really did. And yeah, for Donegal, that game just went for them. That was it. Yeah. It was like Donegal had nothing prepared for like those situations or those circumstances. For a team like Donegal, and that, that can be honest for five years. years. And with the experienced players they have, they have spoken yeah. about that. One earlier. I'm sure they had. They have it's easy. If we get a black card, this yeah. is what we're doing. And we, did, we didn't see any of it. 
Yeah. Is it easy for players like that to go out the window when you're in the middle of a championship game? Shouldn't. But it shouldn't. It shouldn't. That's okay. when you stick, that's when you really stick to what you've done. But isn't you know? actually that's when you're looking for experience and leadership? And that's what Tony got have in abundance. Like, yeah. They're not a novice team. Like they have been around the block, would be known for being street smart. And he just didn't see any of it. But I just thought to him, like, the, the blow of going down to 14 men, conceding yeah. the goal, and then taking McBrearty off. I know. Let, yeah. Let's get into that. Let's get into that a bit deeper in about 10 minutes' time. Sorry, that's, that's, the intro, that's the intro, don't That's the intro. That's nearly the podcast finished. It's, it's going to be a three-hour podcast. Tune yeah. in next week. No, it can't be because we're under a bit of time pressure tonight. Um, what else stood out over the weekend? Like, Keelan Saxon's performance for me kind of set the weekend off. Like, that Claire's common game was a bit mad and that Claire had a really good first 35 minutes 36 minutes yeah. they don't score then they, they look like they were completely dead for the next 20 they were gone lads they were gone. they were gone they were gone in, like, in such a good position I think even if that game goes to extra time Roscommon possibly recover but yeah. they absolutely 69 minutes they're 5 points down Murray makes a foul in the corner Cleary nails it then Malone puts a ball in speculative ball Claire's still 4 points down they win a penalty. Yeah. Sexton buries it. But for me, it's the free, the next free, 47, yeah, 48 metres down. I loved it. I loved it. He just told Jamie Malone. Absolute arrow. arrow. You can hear him say it. I have it. I have it. But you can see that when the camera came to him, he pinged it with such confidence. Glorious, well. yeah. No messing around straight over the bar. What did you make of the little the little kind of run afterwards? You know, the follow through. He kind of sprints on another five yards. You think that gave him another little bit of legs? I had the juice. He wasn't sure because he wasn't going to be short juice. But but yeah. you know what? Out of all the teams that were beaten this weekend, and it's a hard place to be around in a championship. And, and Donegal was look a ten point defeat is pretty catastrophic for them, and, and the question marks over Declan Bonner and all that type of thing. But Ross Common surely are the team going. How in God's name did we lose that? Because they had the game won. They were poor in the first half, really poor. They're two points down at half time. But to be fair to them, they get a rocket. And they actually start, they put serious, they finally start tackling with intensity, hmm. putting a bit of pressure on Tristan O'Callaghan, who had, had a challenging day, a goal for Clare, and he was getting away with it in the first half. But Ross Common, to be fair to them, Donny Smith comes in, um, guys are in the middle of the pitch, Ulton Hardy and these guys, they get on top and they steamroll Clare. Five points on the spin, with three minutes to go on the clock there, five points up, and Clare are gone. Absolutely out of ideas, out on their feet. And you're just taking manage this game. It's the momentum piece again. And eight minutes later, Ross Common are out of the championship. It doesn't take much. Even when you're that gas. The camera cuts to Anthony Cunningham when um, Jamie Malone kicks the winner. And it's a brilliant score. For for Clare, under those conditions, they keep the ball for just under two minutes. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, they're going to turn the ball over off Tristan's kick out. I did not fancy him coming down the stretch. And they work it well and it, you think they're going to get turned over and they keep it. And it's brilliant play and they get it to Malone. And actually, Malone should actually probably pass it inside. There's a guy off his shoulder, clean through. Can I, can I give you he, something he on that? He takes the shot and I'm going, that better go over. And can, I, can I give a bit of context? Yeah. Draw a game in Ennis. There's 10 seconds left in the clock. Jamie Malone does the exact same thing. I told you about it before. He puts Claire a point up and Connor Lane found 90 seconds extra on top of the four minutes injury time and Limerick get a free to equalise at them. Like Malone did the exact same move. Chip ball inside, wins it, beats his man, curls it over the bar from the middle. It was a, it was a phenomenal score, but if, if you're, the camera cuts to Anthony Cunningham and he's like, he's just panic. He can't yeah. believe 
what has just happened in the last seven or eight minutes, but it was just a, a, talk about a lack of game management. I was coming, turned the ball over on a short kick out and it's like, they, your question, the quality, do they have the quality and the experience to see the game out? And they didn't. But for Clare to, to pull it out of the bag, a phenomenal story to kick off the weekend. But out of all the teams that are beaten, Roscommon surely are looking at that going. Yeah. If we played that game 10 times in the next week, we'd win, Psych- we'd win eight or nine of them. Psychologically, psychologically as well, lads, like Roscommon haven't won a championship game in Croke Park since 1980. Like, that is a monkey on the back, regardless of whatever way it's painted. That is going to hang over. We won't have a better chance to be five points up with three minutes of normal time left. I think there's less. But yeah, 2.15. Clare 2.15 was common 1.17. Clare moved into the quarterfinals where they will now face the Ulster winners, Derry. We're going to be talking about that game a little later. The other game that afternoon, Mayo 2.13, Kildare 14 points. Now, the headline on the Irish Times, I'll dig it up here. From who? I think it was, I, think it was, I don't know if it was Clerken now, but uh, it wasn't very complimentary of Mayo. They're into the next round. James, I was wondering last week if Mayo got the job done, would they do enough to convince you to back them the next day out? <laughs> They're now playing Kerry in the All-Ireland quarterfinals. Yes. <laughs> well, are you happy? I... I how they managed to dig that result out was a miracle. <laughs> it's because, Mayo, isn't it? Oh my it was god! The most they were Mayo so, performance. The most Mayo performance. But they were beaten, beaten badly. Killed. They were excellent. Created loads of chances, but just kicked it away. Could not put the ball over the bar for a while. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to conversion. It comes down to getting a score in a big moment. And next thing, every time you miss, it just gives Mayo another little bit of hope. Yeah. Another bit of a come on, lads, let's go. And in fairness, they have that in abundance. They do. The character they showed was unbelievable. 100%. And yeah, look, Kildare were, they were the architects of their own downfall, but you have to give credit to Mayo. But I can't, I, and I hate backing Kerry, obviously, but I can't Actually, see how they're going to, no to, turn, to topple Kerry. I, no chance. The headline don't have enough up front. zero. No chance. Yeah. The, head, the headline. <laughs> absolutely no chance. Nipa. Yeah, like you got you got them too reliant on the Keegans, Oshin Mullins, Durkins to get scored. Like Durkin <sighs> had five wides, I'd say. Durkin oh. did. It was like Durkin had never played in Croker before. It's Zero just, from yeah. four. You know like, do you know when there's no energy and there's no crowd there? Does that suck the life out of it a little bit? Do you know, like, does the crowd give you that extra five yards in Croker when there's that rush of excitement and the noise? It does. Mayo it had does, it going down the stretch, to be fair to them. Yeah. But, but like, the first half was diabolical. They're 8-5 down. 41 minutes on the clock. They're 10-5 down. And we were on the WhatsApp to each other, lads. Daniel Flynn gets a brilliant score, kind of mm. full 360 yeah. and spins it over the bar. And Mayo were like, car crash stuff up front. They could, like, they were turning over the ball. They turned the ball over in contact so many times. Yeah. And that's credit to Kildare. Kildare were challenged big time on their work rate, on their intensity, on the defensive setup. And Kevin O'Callaghan was phenomenal in midfield. As was Feely. Points. And Feely, two of them turning Mayo over so many times. Now, Mayo were running down the centre channel, which is what Mayo do, trying to get runners off the shoulder. But Kildare were dealing with it so well. And it, like you're saying, 45 minutes on the clock there. And he goes, she Mullen has a terrible turnover. You kind of hand pass the straight to Kildare guy. Dermot O'Connor struggling. He's another kind of sloppy turnover. And just thinking, this game could go on for another two hours. And Mayo are not going to score. Mm-hmm. And then just 
that momentum bit again. Yeah. The game starts to turn into a bit of chaos. Fergal Boland, who made a big impact, and to be fair, you got some lovely ones. <laughs> He's a shooter. <laughs> the boy's a shooter. Out to poor old Jason Doherty getting the ball at 29 minutes. Hey, do you know what? It could have been. It could have been any of four or five male players. I'm just thinking, yeah. geez, after everything's been true, it, look, it wasn't happening for him, but it was not happening for any of the male forwards. Like you say, Dirk and his bad misses, Jack mm-hmm. Kearney, um, Matty Ruan again is kind of. This has crept into his game. I don't know. He feels like he needs to start trying to force shots and get scores, and it's not happening for him. And he's taking no. bad shots, and he's carrying the ball at the contact. And then all of a sudden, Bowling gets a big score. They get a steal on a kick out. Loftus gets a score. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, from five points down, Daniel Flynn has the goal chance. Hessian's block. Hessian's block. And that, that, that's gone. It's eight points. Even if he taps it over, you're thinking this is out of reach. And just all of a sudden, Mayo get, get a bit of momentum. And Dermot O'Connor kicks a phenomenal score. And it's ballsy to take this kick on yeah. under, under the Cusick stand, about 50 minutes on the clock. They're three points down and they're struggling. And he takes that on. And if that goes wide, if it drops short, it's just more melee sets in, but he nails it. And you can just see the belief may I'll get out of it. And all of a sudden... That was what Kildare couldn't get. They couldn't get they, that They just couldn't get one score. extra yeah. score just to <laughs> stop the rot. They were, and, they were and once he got into that, yeah. Mayo, and, and even still, like 10 minutes to go, they're still three points down. And yeah. Oshie Mullen, Oshie, this is the most Mayo goal ever. Their two full backs do a 1-2 in the opposition 21 and rifle one to the top corner. Yeah. And at the back level, and you may as well have turned it off at that point. Yeah. And there were not with it. But it was Mayo, yeah. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get stuck into the Nazis in a few minutes because I have a theory on that. But, but it was for, the, the chaos. The, the forwards can't score. And it's always Which is the most important thing. In the forwards cannot score. They're backed. They're lying on Mullen. Uh, we, don't, you can make the face all you want, Tommy. The facts. Oh, no. Look no, no. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm telling you. Their forwards cannot get the job done. And they're relying on... Keegan was off the charts again. Yeah. What a bloody player. Phenomenal. Mm. The outside Working, the left to be fair, is normally good for two or three. His shooting boots weren't on the other day. But they're relying on their backs to score all the yeah. time. They, that, they're, just, they're not going to win the biggest prize. They're not. No. And that's not going to be good enough against Kerry. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, we will come back into it. That, that yeah, sounds headline. a lot of Mayo fans, but we're not going to Castle Bar again anytime soon, are we? <laughs> no, but and to be fair to the Mayo fans, the, the atmosphere in the room we started talking about the match was quite dark. You know, the, there's a there's a strange feeling in the county at the minute. Okay. Mayo somehow did, overcome did, Kildare did, despite Travelism's They did win. So they do. Like, there is, I, I don't think it has to be that dark. Optimism, but I also think two weeks does Ryan O'Donoghue the world of good. I think it does yeah. Killian O'Connor the world of good. A man that does not look right and has played 70 minutes two weekends in a row. They need Ryan O'Donoghue. Ryan O'Donoghue will be playing against Kerry. By hook yeah. or by crook, he will be yeah, on the He'll be playing with one leg. Yeah. That's the last answer. Because so, they'll have to, Kerry will have to put Tom Sullivan on him, which at least occupies Tom. Yeah, Tom Sullivan to put Foley on Killian O'Connor, will they? Yeah. Yeah. Or else Sullivan they could, would be a better match for Donahue. That is a good match. They'll probably start Jack Kearney there, won't they? Mm. Will they not occupy Foley? Mm. No. Jack Kearney, he will start full forward though, yeah. Mm. I think he'd occupy Foley. Orm fell way down. He down to number 26 in the panel. He only got a few minutes. Oh, that was harsh at the end. Yeah, I thought, I thought he played quite well, actually, against Monaghan. Let's move on, lads, because the final result of the weekend, Cork 218, Limerick 116. We're going to analyse this game later on. Cork, go on to right pay- game. 
It was a decent game, yeah. Conor Manny took his goal exceptionally well. Cork are now playing Dublin in the quarterfinal. And the fourth quarterfinal, which is possibly going to be the most exciting one, is Galway Armagh. So we'll be talking about the games in a couple of minutes. We'll also be looking ahead to the Talchon Cup semi-finals a little later on. It's going to be Offaly up against Westmead and Cavan against Sligo. And just to confirm, the All-Ireland quarterfinals for 2022... Derry versus Clare is going to pick a uh, place in Crow Park on the Saturday at 3.45pm. Later that afternoon, Dublin-Cork on the Saturday. And then Sunday the 26th, it's Galway Armagh at 2 o'clock in Crow Park and Kerry Mayo at 4 o'clock in Crow Park. It's a good Sunday. That's a good it Sunday. is a good Sunday. You are listening to episode 22 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. It is brought to you every week with thanks to AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. We're going to be back after this talking football. You're very welcome back to the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Paddy, your Sunday night, I'm going to hazard a guess and say that you weren't watching the Sunday game. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You were, you were getting stuck into roars? I was watching Rory, yeah. I thought he was going to blow it again, but to be fair, it was box office stuff. No, I watched all the games live this weekend. <laughs> I wasn't feeling, too, <laughs> wasn't feeling too hot, so I uh, sat and watched all four of the games. So I didn't need to watch the Sunday game. I was watching Rory instead, yeah. James, we brought it up earlier on your tweet at the weekend that um, football needed this weekend badly after a few bad months. What a game this is already around Armand Donegal. And we, we kind of touched on a little earlier the, the quality. Voice of the nation, show, Jimmy. <laughs> the quality that was on show across the board recently over the last couple of weeks. We've kind of been bemoaning the shooting. Yeah. Um, some of the, some of the decision making, some of the football that was being played. That the hand passing brigade and in Derry Donegal, a lot of that, even though there was drama, there wasn't great football. Let's get started here with Armad Donegal because we saw a different Donegal there. I'm going to break this game into three parts. There was the first 10 seconds, the next 25 minutes, and in the yes. following 45 minutes. So we've spoken about the first 10 seconds. We've broken down that exceptional goal. The next 25 minutes, we saw a lot of impressive stuff from Donegal. Long-range sh- shot taken from Murphy, from McHugh, from Karen Thompson, from Shane O'Donnell. I would also say that Armagh have a bit to be worried about there. Were they not expecting Donegal to shoot from distance? Because they had a lot of space every time they took a shot. They did, but Donegal have a very dangerous inside line. So it's hard to kind of cut off both avenues. You can't stop. You can't get bodies back around the danger man inside and have loads of bodies out around the 45 to stop the long distance shot. So Donegal's tactics there, I thought, were bang on. They have good kickers. At times, they can be off. But in that 25-minute spell, their kicking was on. And they were kicking some outrageous scores. It wasn't about just the speed of their play as well. There was it was. Every, look, Roy McHugh's point, where he just got straight through the middle, outside yeah. of the right. There was no... There was gaps there in the Armada defence. And Donegal have been guilty and were guilty in the Ulster final against Derry of just not going for that. Just being too conservative, just trying to play safe. And that first 25 minutes, they were going for it. They were putting balls into Murphy. McBrearty wasn't staying in the corner waiting for the game to go. He was getting out and getting on it. Yeah. And McHugh, I thought Roy McHugh's point was, was like a perfect symbol as much as Grugan's goal for Armagh. It was like, it was a mentality of what Donegal were trying to do. It was like, yes. we're going to take this on and play with intent. Yeah. I thought that was the most impressive thing. And it was very impressive for that first 24 minutes. But they had six and points Shane O'Donnell's point. Shane O'Donnell, O'Donnell got a point where they broke, three of them broke at yeah. full pace. That wouldn't have happened a fortnight no. ago. 
because they'd have been hand passing. It would have been hitting the ground. There'd be one Kill the drop, yeah. but they went absolute full pace and got the score. But what they did, and I love this as a forward, is when you get sustained attacks. So like they kick a score or kick away. It's usually a score in that spell. Mm. Press the kick out, get the ball back again. And like when you get those sustained attacks, you're constantly in the game and things just start happening easier. Whereas if you lose the kick out, the other team is down the other end. You're waiting around. But when the ball is up in your area for that long. The energy. Think, yeah, it just gives you extra energy and you think, yeah, we're on here. So I think the way they pressed the kick out was excellent again. Um, but the hammer blow just absolutely <sighs> sucker punched him. For the hammer blow, were you worried about Arma? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Paddy, 17 minutes in, it's seven points to 1-1. One, one. Yeah, that's O'Donnell's point after breakaway. They turn off yeah. Marine O'Neill on, on their own 45 with a hand pass and, and they just break a pace. And it was because Donegal were playing, they were doing what everyone outside the Donegal camp was hoping they'd do, was yeah. asking them to do. Play with intent, play Murphy inside, have a bit of, play with a bit of abandon. And they were. And we know they have the kickers. And you've seen that with Thompson, seen it with Britt. Langan actually misses a couple, but Shane O'Donnell's flying. He kicks two points. The kick out, which we knew they were going after, and you could see it, the high behind. Like, Rafferty's a left footer. A lot of teams used to do this to Cluxton as well. His, he has a favourite side. It's easy for a keeper. If he's coming out to kick across his body, so if he's a left footer, he's kicking it across his body to his right-hand side. And Donegal have parked everyone there. And for him to not do that, he has to open his body up. And make it very he has obvious. To alter his run-up. So you know he's going to go to the far side. And it probably takes another second to do that. So you can start cheating off. So lots of th- so it, was, it was a brilliant setup from Donegal. And they were getting them. They were getting them. Now, we still got a couple of way along, but Donegal were getting serious joy. I think they get four or five steals in that first 25 minutes and three of them result in points. And you're thinking Armagh are under pressure here. But, like, Reid O'Neill stands up, I have to say, and we, we, we challenged him to do this because, he, he look, he would have been disappointed. He, he, he didn't impact the game at all in Bally Buffet. And it was a tough kind of build-up for him, obviously, with suspense and stuff. He actually misses a shot early on in this game, probably forces it. He kind of tries to go over his shoulder, McCall is on him, but you can just see his mentality. He's like, I'm going to have an impact on this game. Yeah. He starts to come into it, gets a beautiful score as well. Grugan gets another score. And Armagh kind of keep in touch, even though they're struggling. But, but there's no, no getting away. This game changed on 27 minutes. The chip from Patton out. And Patton's hurting him with his kickouts as well. Patton yeah. Ferry just has a complete brain freeze. They get away with it somehow. Caelan Ward, Lazarus-like on the line, <laughs> taps it out for a 45 off, off Campbell. But Reid O'Neill nails it. And from the next play, McCall, our mass tails are up. They just, they hunt intensely. And we're talking about teams pushing up on kickouts. Yeah. Cork, shambles. Roscommon in the first half, shambles. Why? Why is it so bad? If six players up, so if you look before the goalkeeper for, for Roscommon, right? So before Tristan O'Callaghan takes his kickouts in the first half, if you stop it, Roscommon are perfectly set. It's like, we're playing on the front foot. Anthony Cunningham, they're six forwards up. We're going to try and get a steal. Cork, the same. John Cleary has six Cork forwards pushing up on Donald O'Sullivan's kickouts. There's a phase 10 minutes into the second half. You look in the Sunday game in Porky Cueve yesterday. They've six guys up and Hurley and Sherlock are standing there and Hurley's full forward and he's looking around and he goes, great, I'm in a great position. Limerick literally just, the fullback jogs, jogs, 
five yards to the right and Hurley's there looking at him and the keeper just chips it off and it was the same for Clare against Ross Common. There's no point in having six guys up there in a perfect position if you're not going to work hard to try and get the ball back. And we, we had a thing with Dublin when we pushed up on kickouts, we were essentially cornerbacks up there. All of us. And if you weren't, there were serious questions being asked. If I was full forward and we're pushing up on a kickout, I am having a row every single time the ball has been kicked out with the fullback. I'm all over him. Like a rash. If he runs, I'm trying to pull him down. That's that's what pushing up on kickouts is. It's not having six bodies up there just standing there like statues. Because that's what happened with Ross Common. It's what happened with Clare. But look what our man did to get yeah. that turnover. It's it's chipped him a call. If that was against Ross Common, did, did, kind of, did they kind of bait? Just jogged out. No one near him. Did the Ross Common, did the Armad boys, because I want to come back to their Dublin thing again in a second. Did the Armad boys kind of bait? Pattern to give that ball to McCall because they kind of stood off a little bit and then all converged on. Yeah, and Mayo were very good at it as well. But that's yeah. what it, if you're pushing bodies up, if you're going to take the risk of putting six guys up up the field to try and get a steal, that phase one is having the bodies up there, and that's hard work aerobically to get up the pitch and get into position for the kick out after a play. But then you've got to work when if you're up there, you've got to make impact. You've got to fucking contact with your man if the ball goes to your man you're all over him and that's how our man turn over McCall but so many times in Porky Cueve you look at Limerick chipping the ball to the cornerback like I seen I don't like picking up players but like Dean McGuire's guilty of it two or three times Sherlock Hurley where the ball's just chipped to a man and it's look it's it's mentally not being aggressive means Swiss on but it's lazy as well like, how, see, how aggressive no can you when you, do, when you do press that high, that high on the kick out man for man right so say your six forwards are marking their six backs hmm. and then their two midfielders drop in looking for a short one as well and you push on them so now you have your six forwards and your two midfielders pushed up high it's and so if the ball, but if the yeah. ball goes long you're in That's trouble the risk. it's the risk but like a lot of teams what they do is they push the six and maybe one midfielder but they won't push the second one and then it's an easy out. So There's if no you're going to push, you There's have no to go to full on. Yeah, it is. It's, but okay, I, you probably have to pick your moments, James, don't you? You probably have to pick your the moments team, so when the press. Teams can do it. Teams might do it because it is quite hard to physically to keep doing it. Teams might do free. it after set plays, after yeah. free. After we wide. Teams doing, it, doing it to us. After, 40, after 45 or free, they push up all over our kickouts. Otherwise, they just, like I say, there's no point in putting five guys up and leaving a guy free because those five guys are redundant then. It's easy to just ship it off. If you know, you're either going to go and commit or not, just let them have it and just get set up defensively. Jack McCaffrey's, Jack McCaffrey's wonder goal against Kerry where clocks and picks out Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, that a, was, was that off a press? Was that we off? Pressed, yeah. He pressed. And was we that pressed. was that Dublin's get out card? Pearl Jason Foley was never <laughs> yeah. looking on the sideline. We knew he wouldn't come. And he was looking to the sideline going, should I go all the way up there? Because he was, he was afraid of going all the way up. Because it it's high risk. Yes. It's high risk when you're committing bodies. Like James is saying, you could have eight players inside the 65. And if you've got a Cluxton or a Began or a Morgan or a Patton that can kick over that, like that's exactly what we did for McCaffrey's goal. It's like, hit Howard and Jack, go. And there's no, he runs 70 yards on his own. But that was Kerry were taking the risk because you have to do that. Was that your conversation in the build-up to that game that when Kerry applied his press, because we did expect Kerry to... exactly what was going to happen. That was going to happen. And then the other thing, the other question I had was, how aggressive can you be 
when you're saying that act like a corner forward because like the kick out of my head that always stands out is and it was the last minute of, of an All-Ireland final the last kick out of an All-Ireland final 17. Dean Rock puts you a point up in 17 yeah. and literally every single Dublin forward fouls their Mayo man the referee doesn't know what to do I don't think he even gave a free but there was like I think Clark, Coslo, Coslo maybe does Clark put it over the end line like Clark kicks it over the side line yeah Clark kicks it over the side because he's nowhere to go I think do you know like that's what I'm talking about yeah. were you like that on every kick out yeah, if there's times we were going after it, and, and we would do that, yeah. That's what, for us, that's what pushing up was. It wasn't six guys stand in their positions, and then if your man runs off, let him off. That's absolutely pointless. And did you find that referees didn't really give freeze during that moment? Black card and there was a big thing. You can't be as blatant as that. That was like, that was it. We knew it was the last play, so yeah, do whatever you got to do. But 10 minutes into the game, you can't do that because you're going to get a black card. But we'd be hands on, contacted. Mm. Contact that that was pushing up. It wasn't standing beside him. It was you're holding him. Like very often, if you're marking a cornerback and your hands are on him, he doesn't want the ball. Then no. he's not used to receiving a ball under pressure like a forward is. So if you've any bit of contact on him, he's probably going to make one run and probably turn his arse oh, after that. He doesn't want it. Like. Yeah, he's okay. going to do a token or may try and make space for someone else. But, but we, yeah. we spoke about it last year, Jimmy, with Andy. Like Mayo were very good at this of baiting you in where they, they let you chip the ball to the cornerback, and let you do that, and then their press was savage. They were all over you. And it's very hard to get the ball out. Because it looks like you're a cornerback and you get the ball out the sideline and you're 21 and you look up and all your players are being literally saddled. <laughs> that's, that's what Mayo were so good at. That's why we struggled to get the ball out. You have to beat the first. You have to take a man on to go by him to break the line. And that's... Again, it's massive risk to do this. But you can get caught between two steals and you looked at what Cork were doing yesterday. You look at Roscommon in the first half. Roscommon get it right in the second half. They actually push up with intent. They do. Yeah. They start getting steals and they're home and home. The game is won. But for Cork, Cork playing Dublin now in two weeks, we know they've got great forwards. Hurley's brilliant. He can score. Sherlock, nice forwards. Sherlock's lovely forwards. He kick scores. If you want to be successful, the other side of the game, you have to. There's loads of great forwards, but you've got to tackle. You've got to work hard. You've got to be a nasty. Like, Kill O'Connor is brilliant at it. No one likes playing against them, but he can do both sides of it. But if you look at Cork yesterday, they are going to be under severe pressure with that, with the work rate they have in their forward line against Dublin and Crow Park. But my experience of Cork, they, they haven't got either kick out right. No. They haven't got their own kick out nailed down because they can malfunction on a press and yeah. that you can you can walk out and and there oh, and you're Limerick yesterday so, so many times it comes down to kick goals like it, it, it's a difference it's massive of, it's a difference it's of about 10 attacks a game if you win the kick out every time you have an extra attack and you're not defending do you know why it's a, it's a no brainer for me i i personally if i was mayo the only chance they have to carry is to press so hard from every kick out to try and keep the ball up up that end. Do you know, it's their only it's their only hope. Yeah. Uh, I, last... think will. I think if there's a team that's equipped to do it and Horan as a coach, they will do it. But, but like if you were saying the conservative thing there, you'd be like, well Jesus, we, we need bodies back in front of Clifford and Sean O'Shea, but you've got to try and win the ball first. Well, I think well, the, the, the best form of defense <laughs> is keeping the ball away from those guys. Uh, they have carried the ball. If you give Kerry the ball, which yeah. they won't do, they were too experienced. They they know the crack. Like Horan knows the crack. But if you give them the ball, forget about it. 
Yeah, yeah, we've already seen this year with Kerry. We've seen Kerry Mayo. We've seen Tralee, Oshin Mullen on Clifford. We've seen O'Hara in the league final, famously. Uh, yeah, so we'll come back to how Kerry are going to deal with Clifford and the Kerry attack again. But just sticking with Armagh. Sorry, before, we've gone off tangent there. Before the meltdown, it was a good tangent. Before the, 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 the short kick-out meltdown, we'll say, and it was not just Patton's fault, it was defensively Armagh or Donegal were caught. You know, Stephen Sheridan gets the goal. We gave Ben Creeley big credit last week and again for the for the goal today where he got put Swivel of the hips. Swivel of the hips. Ben Creeley did very well. Another player in the middle third who every game now we're picking him out more and more. Jarlio Burns kicked three points and very just good. before Armagh's comeback there's a brilliant move where Donegal's turnover not turnover they turn Armagh back in the corner. The ball spills to Jason Duffy. Duffy's on the sideline. He has three Donegal defenders coming at him. I don't know how Duffy gets away with it but he breaks the tackle cuts inside slips to Burns. I like Duffy lads. I like him too. He's Over the bar. He's sharp like I like mm. him. He was, he's maybe not he's not a headline grabber but he was effective against Tyrone as well. Definitely. He had a very good league. Very good league as well. What, what else do we like about our Because we know that was really only a state in performance. Kick one seven five from play. We like Duffy. Like what else do we like about them? They're middle thirds. I like Morgan in the full back line. He's had a very good couple. He's of beefed weeks. up. James Morgan has always been a very tight he's defender. Always, but he's he's always beefed enough. I remember we yeah. played our man at Challenge Game a few years ago. Lads, what was it fifteen or sixteen? That's the one in DCU. Oh man. Let's hear the story. Let's hear the story. <laughs> World War Three. Oh boy. And Morgan was right in the middle of it. Jesus Christ. It was Was there a few fellas suspended for like Champion or something? No one said it. No. But it, it, there was a rule if you get sent and, off in a friendly you, you, the rule uh, carries over the suspension. Honestly, it was like Beirut lads. It was a challenge game. Were you involved? Yeah, I was playing. No, but were you involved in the row? No, I should no use the row. No. One of the lads ended up in hospital, didn't they? I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it now. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember this very well. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but uh, it was hectic <laughs> back in the day. But uh, but Morgan over the last couple of weeks, he's get he's the, he's their man marker. He's their their go to go. So he picked up McBrearty, but he's good on he's good on the transition as well. Yeah, he is. It's not like he's just dogging his man. He's good on the transition as well. Jeremy Og was very good yesterday, and he did a really good job on Myler the week before as well. The big plus for our man now is they know what doesn't work. Like they talk about a team learning lessons from the game of Bally Buffet. We can't be conservative. And the other plus, they've got huge momentum now. They've mowed down the All Ireland champions and they've blitzed Donegal by 10 points. Now they're back in Croker and Crow Park will suit yeah. our man. Down to the ground. No two ways. It, it's the best game for me, hands down. That quarterfinal, Armand, Armand Galway. We knew there was going to be one, at least one blockbuster. Yeah. That, that's the one for me. I don't... So not Kerry Mayo? No, I think Kerry will win that convincingly. And the same, double is a non-event. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Mayo will throw a spanner in the works. I think they will. They won't. No. And um, Derry Clare is going to be as brilliant as Clare's story is to get to the quarterfinal for the second time ever. It's a great draw for Derry, put it that way. Can we just, uh, can I ask you about this cliche here? Who does Croker suit? So, Croker suits Dublin. Yes. Croker suits Kerry. Yes. Croker suits Mayo. I think it suits teams who move the ball quick. Does it, it suit Mayo? Mayo because they've been there so many times, but their style of play. Mayo playing Croker more times than Dublin at this rate. Yeah. yeah. They're there a lot. They are there a lot. So, I would say it suits Mayo, but not as much as it suits Kerry, Dublin, Armagh. Armagh. 
Will it suit Derry? I don't. No. Not as much as it would Armagh. Derry's game plan is based on containment, shutting down the opposition. So you want tighter spaces, Frank. Yeah. Dublin, Kerry, Armagh is around expanse. Move the ball really fast. That's not saying Derry don't do that, but, but the, Derry's primary strength is shutting down opponents. Like Kerry, Dublin, Armagh is expanse, fast transitions, space. And that's, kicking that's the probably, ball. There's no pitch in your legs. For that. Yeah. yeah, kicking the ball saves your legs. You don't run as much. If you look at Clare against Roscommon, Clare were outstanding in the first half, right? But they ran themselves into the oh, ground carrying the ball. Out of gas, like they were absolutely spent with, with ten minutes gone in the second half because they were running the ball at such pace. They were playing brilliant football, but it took an awful lot out of them. Whereas the top teams work less hard in possession because they're they're kicking the ball and it's just a bit slicker. Let the ball do the work, Jimmy, as they say. That's it. Even for Grugan's goal, you could see all the fellas trying to get back from Donegal. They knew it was coming. Des- desperately, like. They were sprinting back. The yeah. ball just soared the over them. The ball's in the back. No man faster than a 50 yard kick pass, lads. No, back. there really isn't. No matter yeah. who you are. No, there really isn't. It needs to be a top forward to gather it like Grugan did. Do you know? There's a lot of teams there that are putting ball in and it's coming straight back out. Yeah. An excellent counter attack. Not many balls come back out. If if they if the boys give the RMF full forward line any bit of a bit of a good ball, they're winning it. Like. You said that in the early weeks, though, James, in the pod, the the RMA hands, their forwards handling. Yeah. You you picked that out straight away. So yeah, we're probably going to see more and more of that as the weather improves. Hopefully, in Crow Park and surface improves. So okay, that's that's exciting. And it, do you know what? Let's let's rest on RMA and come back to them a bit more in depth next week. Let's move on quickly to Mayo Kildare because we've been kind of hinting at them a little bit. Safe to say that Mayo bludgeoned Kildare into submission in that last 15, 20 minutes. Like Kildare just, oh my God. I feel like there's something there. I feel like there's something there with this management team and that squad of players, but some of their misses in the second half, some of the mistakes. And again, they're also unlucky as well because like there was times in that game where I'm looking at Russian Mullen and thinking, like, are they just playing him in the wrong position? Like, where where is the kid that we were all so excited about? He was he looked limited and then he rolls into that tackle bursts out of it plays a 1-2 with Ahura and buries a rocket with his wrong foot with his left foot and it's just like uh, yeah. they're mind-boggling but like it was analysed in the Sunday game I think or maybe it was somewhere else that, oh, it wasn't the Sunday game I can't remember where I saw it there's three players tackling or, uh, Mullen for the goal and he actually gets bumped out he actually gets bumped yeah. towards the goal. He's, he's gonna he's turned over here. Hundred yeah. percent. He, he, he he's possibly overcarried it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, but it was the coming. Keeper, the keeper, the keep Aaron Aaron O'Neill has to not dive there. He's seeing he's seeing a cornerback coming in at pace on his bad leg. There is not a hope he's going he's to stick it in the corner. Short, and that's yeah. It. Yeah. He's not putting it in the corner. He's not opening his body and side-footing it or he's not curling it. He's laced it straight down the middle. Be fair, Be fair to O'Neill. Yeah. Brilliant Minus. save off McLaughlin in the first half. Diving. Fingertips. Very good save. McLaughlin got another goal chance. He was probably a little bit more composed this time and it was a much better effort than it was seven days before against uh, Began and, Arm- and Monaghan. But... Um, because they were very good, I have to say. Like they're like I say, they're eight five up at half time. They should be further ahead. Yeah. For a bad miss in the first half. And do you know what? If I'm looking at that game, Daniel Flynn, <laughs> they're not. He's a phenomenal player, and we've had this with Shane Walsh. We had it with Connolly for years as well. Where there's just there's a talent there that is just beyond the norm, but they're not getting enough out of it. They're not getting tangible reward out of it. 
that like he's so dominant when he has the ball in his hands Mayo cannot and not just Mayo no one can deal with him when he's in full fight but they're just not getting the scores out of it they're not getting the seven, eight points if it's not him he should be pulled down for, for a free brilliant moments but just they're not getting enough out of it and that's a frustrating thing for him I'm sure it's a frustrating thing for Kildare why do you think that is? it's just like from looking at and like Connolly Connolly delivered like Connolly delivered like yeah, but Connolly probably didn't deliver for the first couple of years. We're looking at him going, this guy is the most talented player I've ever seen. And it took him a couple of years to get that. Shane Walsh is a prime example right now. We're Galway are waiting on him. And it's just the wrong decision or he drifts out of games. You're going, if this guy has the ball in his hands, we should be getting a score nine mm. times out of ten. If it's not him, it's someone else. Flynn, er, Feely kicks a ball into him. Yeah. Daniel Flynn. Brilliant. Beautiful ball. Catches it. Out in front of Mullen. Brilliant start. But he lines up to take the, the mark on his left foot. Yeah, couldn't believe that. And I'm just he looking at left foot. And he this, doesn't have a left foot. This is what I'm looking at. And it's not like it's on the sideline and it, there's no angle there. That is just like, you're brilliant. I get it. Kick the ball over on your good foot. Don't fuck around. And he hits it off the post. And I'm, if, I'm, if I'm Glenn Ryan, I'm looking in. It's a brilliant play. And he eats Mullen out to the ball. I think that's your, your first ball. Put down a marker. And I see him lining up on his left. And I'm going, he's in the D. I'm like, why? Why? Why are you doing that? Why are you taking the risk of not kicking the score? And he hits the post. And I'm just like, mate, come now, on. You like that's, that's mentality. You like that side of the pitch? You like that side of the pitch? James, as no somebody... Excuse. No, no excuse. 100%. No. no. Oh, definitely not. But my, my, my question is, like, surely Daniel Flynn is practicing marks from that side of the pitch. Surely, James, do you think do you think Fraser's your wrong foot? I would I have kicked that on the other side with my right? I might have, but Daniel Flynn doesn't have a left. I don't think he has a left to be risking a point. He's not be bad. risking a point. He's not bad, but like But there's no point the in taking the risk. There's no point in taking yeah. the risk. But surely you're practicing marks from that side of the pitch, like surely lads are practicing marks from the wrong side. But this is the thing, Tommy. He's not on the side of the pitch. He's basically in the deal. Like. Yeah. If he catches that on the sideline and he's on the Cusick stand and there's no angle for a right footer, you're passing maybe, yeah. maybe I can see why you do it. We And we had it, the famous game in in 13 against you lads, Jimmy. I get pulled, Jack Sher- Sherwood pulls me down in that exact position on the sideline and Connolly takes it on his left foot. Yeah. He sends like, him back into the goal. Yeah, Clux is coming up and then I was like, <laughs> no, I'll take this on my, on my bad foot and I'm just going, oh my God. Did that go? Over the back, he got it. But but he was on the he was on the sideline. Yeah, no angle as a right footer. Flynn is just in the middle of the goal. Just just it's your first possession. Kick it over and then just look at Mullen and go. You are getting it today. Mm. But even Mullen's the replay after him and he's nowhere near him, and it's, it could be such a marker, and it's just it's just not clinical. Yeah, but the ripple it sends, Paddy, through the team. Then they yeah, must have gone. What a what a ball in. Yes. What a fetch. What a mark. We're up and running. Next thing, off the ball. It's a bit like the Grugan move. It's, it's a bit their, like the Grugan on, on move. one of their key players as well. Like yeah. this is what we spoke about this before in previous pods. There's matchups in games where like Mullen is a massive player for me. And that's a big job. And if you're if you're Glenn Ryan, if you're Kildare going, Daniel, you go in and you eat him. That puts serious like we had it with Khan on Keegan. In nineteen. In nineteen. And it was like, you do him. You're t- like a dagger to the soul of the opposition. 
And that that's just a perfect opportunity to do that for Daniel Flynn. And he doesn't do it. Now, there's, there's other brilliant moments in the game and the goal chance where he just comes out of nowhere. And we said he, he gets a phenomenal score in the second half. We kind of pivots around. Yeah. But like, he just, every time, if he gets the ball in his hands, he's that good. And he's that much ability. Make it count. Mm. Be clinical. And it wasn't. <sighs> And it does, it just kicks into the rest of the team. McCormick has a couple of bad misses as well then. And they, they still go in three points up, but they were dominant in that first half. Uh, on the prodigious talent question, and I'm hanging on this for one more second, did Jim McConnelly change that much or did everything else around Jim McConnelly just improve? No, well, he became experienced as a player as well. Like, like the, did he, Do you think, did he become a different type of footballer? He became more consistent. Because he had to be. That's what we needed him to be. And he needed to be as well, for his own, for his own sake. As a, like, there's certain players that come along and their talent is just off the scale. And he was one, Walsh is one, Flynn is another one. And it's like, it can take time. It can take for a penny to drop. It can take the team around you to develop. It can take just experience. You need to have, maybe lose a couple of games and realise going, Shit, I'm not, I'm not making the most out of this. The talent is not in question, none. And the, the physical, the athletic capability all three of those guys have is off the scale. But Kildare, like, if Kildare are going to do anything, he has to be the man. And things like that, like, he just has to make account. He's that big a player for Kildare. He's that much responsibility in the shoulders. And that's just the reality of it. Yeah. And you look at what when Walsh for Galway look at where Galway have gotten to now where he is like if he gets possession something is happening he's having a positive impact with every possession that's the difference it can make and that's just I don't think Kildare got that from Daniel Flynn yeah. on Saturday and that, that I'm not saying that's the difference but it could have could have went a long way from winning that game yeah well they're 11-6 up when he skins Keegan O'Hara Mullen unbelievable cuts inside I don't. I don't agree with slipping the ball to Neil Flynn. I think Neil Flynn's no, in the wrong position. No, he was unlucky. Uh, I, I also. I also don't agree. I also don't agree with him taking a point at that position. He's after creating a goal chance out of nothing. You need players to do that. I. I think he's in, within his rights to go for that. It's a brilliant block, but it's a game changer. Not a game changer. It leads to Killian Connor point. It's a massive swing that moment. Yeah. Um, I think. A, I think Tommy, Flynn is a excellent player but he's more of an athletic freak than kind of has that sensational talent that Connolly and Shane Walsh would have do you know like okay. I think the Shane Walsh would have once he gets in that position he has the the class say with the ball Technical. to find the corner of the net so would okay. Connolly but Flynn his Very brilliance is in the creation and the athleticism I don't think he has the the kind of the rootless streak to yeah to get the goals and the points so sometimes when he gets the ball and he slips it to Highland, I'm like, brilliant. Because yeah. Highland isn't as good at, at the other stuff, but he's the finisher. And Flynn has done that this year. To be fair to him, he has done no, a lot more than this year. To, because he's not, he doesn't have that... that Panache. Panache is the word Paddy used. I like that. Panache, yeah. Panache. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, can, I, can we just stick on Mayo then for another minute, right? Because I do think Ryan O'Donnell is going to be back. It'll be essentially a month of a break, say, or, or a rehab period since he last since we reckon he did the injury the week before um, or the 10 days before that game. Kenny O'Connor doesn't look right, as I mentioned earlier. He still doesn't look right, but they need him on the pitch. He's after playing two 70-minute games back-to-back. That is a lot. He'll get a bit of a break. James Horn was under a lot of pressure coming into this game. 
about starting Fergal Boland. Fergal Boland wasn't even in his 26 against Monaghan. He went out for his club at Hamor that weekend. He kicked 10 points, seven from play. This fella's a shooter. He played very well down in Tralee in the league game. He was a, Stephen Rochford was a big fan of his um, back around four or five years ago. You know, he's full of stamina, but he's quite small in stature. I wouldn't say he's your typical Mayo forward and that he wouldn't be the most aggressive tackler. You're not going to see him forcing a lot of turnovers. But James, he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Do you think they that... Need- do you think that yeah do you think that James Horn needs to be changing his tune a little bit now and starting a fellow like Fergal Boland the next day out against Kerry well if O'Donoghue's back let's say O'Donoghue's back O'Donoghue's back next O'Donoghue's goal straight they need need three Ryan O'Donoghue's do you know or two anyway like the (laughs) and two Daniel Flames and one Shane Walsh (laughs) a couple of everything but they they will get attacks they will be on the front foot they'll have the right attitude they'll have great character but when they're in front of the post, God knows what's going to happen. <laughs> so, honestly, yeah, I agree. And even, even Killian O'Connor's free taking probably he was a ten out of ten free taker. He's probably gone to a nine or an eight. So the scores they were guaranteed before they're not getting, and they're relying so heavily on the boys at the back to come up and score worldies. And there's going to be a day where they don't go over. Like Keegan threw out, threw over and outside the left. That was Phenomenal, just sensational. <laughs> that's not that's a, a five out of ten chance, really. Yes, so two, any forward they can get on the field as they can score points, I will be putting them on. Like, the, why wouldn't he? Is he questioning his his work rate or is it his aerial ability? If he's going to be half forward, I don't know. But they need <laughs> scores. If he can provide them, get him on the field. For me, like for me, like Carr possibly hasn't shown enough, so maybe he goes in there instead of Carr, or maybe that's where Ryan Dunn who goes in when James Carr gets. I maybe like that's Carr. where Dunn who comes in. Carr, I, I like Carr, Carr too, but he hasn't shown enough. Him. He doesn't, um, but he he drives at the man. He has no fear. He'll go at it. He can get a couple of scores to play. He'll always get a couple of frees, and there's a goal in him. Yeah, but he made a massive impact off the bench against Dublin last year. Coming in off the bench, I think Jordan Flynn's going to start. Like Mayo's middle third struggled massively the last day as well, and Flynn is going to be needed against Kerry. Like we've seen it again a couple of times in a row now with Ruan Paddy. You think he's forcing it a little bit too much? I don't know whether I think that's kind of crept into his game. He's trying to yeah. four scores, like like the Galway game. He touched on earth. He had four misses, even against Monaghan. It's just, and he can't score. It's just I, I I don't know. Maybe he feels he's under pressure, but like they they were outplayed in the middle field. On, yeah, on Saturday. Like Feely and Kevin O'Callaghan did a phenomenal job. Like Feely gets man of the match. Like Kildare were dominant there. And like the massive challenge for Mayo. Like Kerry's midfield, they've kind of gone away from the David Moore for years where having a ball player. Kerry's midfield is there to work. They're a workmanlike midfield. They're going to give a platform and get the ball inside to the lads. And they're going to Wrote, like Dermot O'Connor, Jack Barry, these guys, they've been a cornerstone. It's not fancy, but they've been a cornerstone of what's been successful for, for Kerry year to date. And for Mayo to have any chance, they've got to get a handle on there. Ruan needs to get back to the form of 12 months ago. Aidan O'Shea, we praised him against, against Monaghan, thought he was excellent at Castlebar. Didn't have much of an impact on, on Saturday. He comes off with 10 minutes on the clock or 10 minutes to go. That's a big area that Mayo they need to get at least parity there because mm. say, if Kerry get dominance around the middle and they're just peppering balls in and in and in and in to Clifford and that's their platform forget about it yeah and Dermot O'Connor in fairness he can move the ball <clears throat> he's very good he's, I like him a lot he's a brilliant player yeah he is he's, he's good on the ball well. but he's, he can move the ball with the foot which is yeah. which is probably what Kerry needs they need to get the ball into the boys fast 
Yeah. So do Mayo go, do Mayo go dropping fellas back in front of the full back line, or do they try and create the bodies to put the heat on the Paddy Cliffords, the Dermot O'Connors to stop the ball going in the first place? That's a decision. Uh, Paddy Durkin will pick up Paddy Clifford. Mm-hmm. Uh, would they put Mullen on Clifford? But see, if you, if you put, if you on put, Sean O'Shea. If you put Durkin on Paddy, right, and Paddy Clifford drops deep, you're taking Durkin out of a pocket for David Clifford to run into. Do you know? Like, did they lose a forward then to go back? Potty, the Potty Clifford would probably roam. So, would you stick Durkin on him? I think that would really suit Durkin. Like, Durkin yeah. wants to go forward. He just leaves them play. open if they do that, I think. Yeah. But one like the big lesson from the league final a hard up man to man on Clifford on his own. We're not going to see that again. So, it's, it's, it's the catch of the Mayo push up and try and go after Shane Ryan's kickouts, which I expect they will. But if they lose it, they need to get bodies back quickly. And, and mm-hmm. the one thing Mayo don't lack and they never have lacked is that athleticism and that energy that they'll be able to do that. Yeah, their fitness but is incredible. Phenomenal. Like they, like they did, they ran Kildare into the room, but that's just years, training age that those guys have been on the road. They haven't built up Keegan. Keegan's 42 and he's still doing it. Like, mm-hmm. Incredible. Like. The, but even the, his highlight reel this year of the clutch scores he's got in the last 12 months is just absolutely it's, it's off the chart. mentality is like, going, we're under pressure here. The boys up front are giving me nothing. Give me the ball. This is me. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's magic stuff. I have to yeah. love watching it. So I think we, the Mayo will try and cheat off at least one of the carry half forwards. They have okay. to. So who will be who will be the carry wing that, forwards? Stephen Ryan will start. Who will be wing? You're looking at Darren Moynihan or an Adrian Spillane or you like Moynihan was undecided. You got to get a sweeper from somewhere to try and get Aidan O'Shea to drop off Jack Barry. Try and get him to sit in front. I don't think he's mobile in Crow Park for playing that sweeper. Because Kerry Cohen, kicked the ball. Was Cohen going to be our sweeper? Cohen's, Cohen's not mobile. They, I told you. We said there, that, Jimmy, I agreed with you. I agreed with you. He had an awesome first half. And it was just so obvious. Change that matchup. Like. Yeah. And they were slow to do it. They didn't do it for, for until 50 minutes. It was a bad matchup. We called it last week. Yeah. But yeah. He, yeah. So I don't know where they'll put Cohen. Cohen okay. doesn't suit any of but the... Let's, let's, let's look at the matchups. Right let's save the matchups. We're kind of right off Mayo. Yeah, I'm surprised that you're right off Mayo this quickly. I'm right off Mayo, but they'll come back and they'll give Kerry yeah. Lazarus-like recoveries again. I, I'm surprised. But I cannot see it this time. Yeah. They'll need to score <coughs> at least two goals. And they're not able to score them. And I don't think that... Yeah, and Kerry have improved defensively, I think. We have played nobody. But through the league... It's either structure in the league. There's yeah, yeah. Right there. They're no, no, true. I just feel like the the last couple of weeks, even that two week break from Mayo. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You saw all four beaten provincial finalists lose at the weekend. That little bit of momentum that those games have, I find it hard to not read into that. I just think there's something in it. It's going to give them an extra five ten percent mentality. Definitely, they've got two weeks going in there. Everyone's writing them off. We're already yeah. no one is going to get them a prayer. I'm not. Get Ryan or Donahue back. They won't fear Kerry. Mm. No, I totally agree. I just, yeah. weird, but I, I just think quality wise, I think this is this Mayo team is not as good as the Mayo teams in 16, 17. Yeah. They've still got phenomenal mentality, and that's you can never knock them on that. But quality wise, particularly up front, I just think they do not they do not have the scoring power. Yeah. Particularly take on a shootout like Kerry. 
We're going to have to move on, lads. We're going to have to move on. We do, actually, yeah. We're going to have to move on. We're going to have to move on, lads. The spread for Kerry Mayo is four points. The spread for Dublin Cork is 12 points. Uh, we come back to both of those games uh, in a little while. I want to look at the Talchin Cup semi-finals in a moment too. Before we do that, Paddy, you got caught up in a bit of a controversial Twitter spot this weekend. Oh. Yeah, oh. I, I, I'm only at a spot on this now. I don't know if James has seen it. Uh, Stephen Poultry would have been involved with Carlo and Roscommon over the last couple of years as a selector and coach. And what is he? You would, have met him, you would have met him on the sideline, I would imagine, over the years, Paddy. I did. Stevie Poacher tweeted you, Paddy, on your podcast last year, you were crucifying a team for not contesting kickouts versus Dublin when they were down to 14 men. Claire yeah. contested next to no kickouts today. What are your thoughts now? Paddy Andrews gets backed. Exact same. It won't beat the top teams by giving them the ball. You might get away with it against poorer teams who aren't as comfortable on transition, but you won't win the biggest games that way. This is the clinker. Anything else? <laughs> Stevie gets back. Sorry, explain who this guy is. You know who Stephen Poacher is? I don't. Do you remember Carlo Rising under Turtle O'Brien? Carlo Rising? Do you remember Carlo Rising back when they kept, the, kept you the single digits 2017? Carlo football team. Carlo football team. What was their rising? Where did they rise to? They had a lovely run and they, they did quite well, Carlo. They came from nowhere to go on a good run. Very competitive in Leinster. Nice run through the qualifiers. They, you went down. You were starting that day. You played against Carlo that day in 17. Connolly was sent off. I didn't actually play at all. Oh, did you not? Connolly was sent with the with the Connolly with the Ryan Watson Lions man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the coach. He's the. Were you not playing? Were you not playing then? No, I was on the bench. I thought you were playing that day. Yeah, Stephen Roach would have been the coach, and he would have been involved in that. Cunningham's ticket for a little while as well. So, so sorry, he was with Ross Common. He would have been with Ross Common. Ah, okay. A bit of self-service here, was it? Okay, well now we're getting to maybe we're getting to. Sorry, I do think it's an interesting conversation. That's strange for us, Commodore Division 1 team, not a top team in your opinion. Paddy goes back, you obviously aren't listening to the podcast that much. Now, the poor Rossies get a hard time from Paddy most weeks. So, Just go on with the facts, lads, I'm sorry. With that, why do teams concede the kick out then? Because I, like, I saw Clare against Limerick and they would have conceded at times and retreated back into their defensive setup. We spoke already about teams, teams pressing. Back, okay? Teams drop players back if they're worried about their one-on-one matchups okay they're protecting they're trying to clog the centre channel and trying to protect their defenders that's why teams do that in the mm. fundamental sense trying to frustrate the opposition some teams and even top teams have trouble breaking down that style of defence it can frustrate teams Mayo would be a prime example there's a question mark and there has been over the last number of years of Kerry playing against this despite all the talent they have that they can be frustrated when you get bodies back that's why teams do it my opinion to win the biggest games and that's what I'm, ta- I'm talking about, the top teams. And no disrespect, but I'm talking about Dublin, Kerry, Mayo, teams that have been competing to win the All-Ireland over the last decade. If you want to beat those teams, you cannot give them the ball all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to be brave. You have to take a risk. And it is risky. And we spoke about it 20 minutes ago on this. Kerry doing it against Dublin in 19. Like you're, you could be in a position where you have eight or 10 players from the halfway line up going after a kicker. And that would not be unknown for Mayo to do that against Dublin, for Kerry to do it against Clubs, and for us to do it against opponents, against Morgan, against Began. We're going after this guy. And it is high risk. But if you want to win the biggest games, you have to play in the front foot. This idea of just sitting back and containing, it's gone. You might win a couple of games, but to win the biggest prize, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, like, Carlo rising. Sorry, that's I didn't know about that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 
winning the Selma Choir. And for, for Clare, it, and I didn't even talk about Clare's kick I thought it was brilliant for Clare to win the game because of what Colin Collins has done. He came on the show last year and I, we've had the privilege of speaking to him and I would have spoken to him a couple of times when we were down in Clare on, on Dublin training camps and things like that. It's a brilliant story for what he's done. Do I think that style of play is going to get them any further? No. Is the answer will, we, to will we see Derry do it? Yeah, Clare they'll definitely Derry. drop off. They'll drop off. They'll drop off, but, oh, but I mean, like Derry in an All Ireland semi final, Derry in an All Ireland final. Are we going to expect to see this from them? Derry aren't going to win the All Ireland. No. Yeah, I think they'll drop off as well. Derry is actually an, 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 an anomaly for this because Derry actually have brilliant one to one defenders. Mm. That you could leave McCaig one on one with someone in space. He might be as effective, but I'd still back him among any kind of one to one defender to do that. But Derry's style of play is one of the most their championship. And it's brilliant, but Derry are not going to score enough to win the All Ireland. Yeah, okay. that's the catch twenty two. And Donegal in twenty eleven were a very similar situation to Derry, where they were ultra defensive, but they were brilliantly organised and they won the Ulster Championship and they came up short. They scored six points in an All Ireland semi final and lost to Dublin. They tweaked it the following year. They extended onto it to go. We need to be a bit braver on the ball, and they had guys like McFadden and Murphy, obviously, and they win the All Ireland the following year. I think Derry are on that trajectory but they're very much in their infancy. Okay. Last question on this, and it can be a really quick answer. Are you better off than retreating completely and just allowing the opposition to get the kick out instead of the fake fake pressing, the fake pressing that we're seeing? Fake fake pressing is car crash stuff. Okay. So you're better off retreating and setting up. Cork may as well have thrown a hat at it and just gave Limerick the ball. And they actually do it. When Hurley scores the penalty, they just let Limerick have it. But did Limerick lose a kick out yesterday? And Cork are pushing up yeah. Ross Common get one steal in the first half and poor old Tristan O'Callaghan is under serious pressure. The Sometimes one steal is all you need, you know? But like, one steal is all you need. If you look at the stats... You can see it for clearly, James. On the Sunday game, he's, he's told Cork to push up. So they've actually bothered to get into position and then they do absolutely nothing. And he is going apeshit. Yeah, he is. He is. like, my God, you're honestly just better off just come back and yeah. park the bus. What's the stats, James? But if you look at the stats, because we did them uh, a couple of years ago, some fella did stats for Kerry just to show should you go long or should you go short, basically, on your own kickout. And if a team drops off your kickout, on the stats of the Division One teams over the last over the five years previous to when we got the stats, nine times out of ten, the team who gets the short kickout off gets a shot at the posts. Mm. Like that's outrageous. Yeah. So if your team has a high conversion and you're getting your short so kickouts off, team. you're getting if you give the best team the miles, you, you forget yeah. it exactly. But you can drop off teams who have poor shooters because you're getting all your bodies back. There's no quick ball going to the inside line, and they have to shoot with their half backs or maybe their half forwards who aren't as clinical. Okay. That's so probably so would have done I can imagine that it works. So I'm going to move on now, Paddy, because you do have to finish off. Yeah. <clears> we had teams drop off against Dublin, and we'd still go long where we'd have clocks to be standing there and we'd have our three fullbacks completely free and he still wouldn't kick it to them. Yeah. We, we want to get the ball up the pitch as quick as we can. We're back in the guys in the middle of the pitch. I can remember, I can remember that. Yeah. No, it's risky. It is risky, but for, yeah. for poacher, our friends, that's what I'm talking about. They obviously, okay. they obviously Maybe you should listen off. to the podcast. But they must, he doesn't the, listen. Is that what he said? I think Stephen can with that, yeah, but 
But we've had Stephen off the ball a good bit over the last couple of years. He's he's an interesting man. Sorry, apologies. Everyone's a friend of the state. He's an interesting man when it comes to football, for sure. Definitely is. I think it's nice to have different opinions, Paddy, and it was very it was good to see it play itself out on Twitter. I enjoyed it. So predictions last week, Paddy, you nearly nailed it. Nearly. Mayo Mayo or Matt Cork. Yeah, we all called the Rossies. Apparently, we cursed them. And unlucky James with Kildare. You, you stuck to it. You said you were full confident. Now, we are going to go in depth on the Touch and Cup semi finals next week afterwards, after the games. We have a couple of minutes left to preview them here and to look at what you think is going to happen. Awfully up against Westmead this week. Mahan's charges have been coming. Mahan was talking a big game about the Touch and Cup over the last couple of months. They won the under 20s last year. They've been growing into a little bit of form. How do you see this one going, Paddy? I'd love to see I'm no bones. I'd love to see Affley win. I have to say. I think there'll be I think there'll be a big crowd on Sunday in Croker, finally. More so than there was on Saturday at the qualifiers. But yeah. I think Westmead I just fancy Westmead. I know like Affley were actually in division two. Westmead were, were struggling as well. Like on paper it's tight, but I just, I just fancy Westmead in this one. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I just think Westmead Westmead like Puckle there pushed. Mm. Them all the way. They got yeah. two fifteen against. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. think Westmead are probably going to nick that they, one. They've been my team. I'd be happy to be wrong. Yeah, they've been my team for the Touching Cup. So, Paddy, I tipped them at the very start. Yeah, you, you're back in Westmead here, are you? I am. I'm back in Westmead too. James, are you going to curse Westmead this week? It's very hard to call, but I think, as I said before, just the enthusiasm behind Offaly at the moment. Yeah, I'd love to I, say, I'd like to see Offaly in the mix. Yeah, yeah I think. Like they were in Division Two, they have a lot of they have a lot of high quality football played this year. Whereas West Westmead were down in three. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I fancy Offaly with the bigger pitch. I think that they could they could turn over Westmead. I'm going to go Offaly. I think it's going to be a very very exciting game. Like some of Offaly's players, like Jack Bryant was playing. He had twelve ins back the last day. I just thought he was so smart. Some of the goals he set up. He's a young fella. He's not panicking in front of the goals. He's not trying to take his rush his shots or take his, his chances. He's been setting up goals around them. He's been very impressive. McNamee's flying. Anton Sullivan's flying. Johnny Maloney's been having brilliant games. I'm going to go at Westmead though. I just think. Yeah. Boys like Hedges, and I just think they're the type H- of team. quietly. No, he's, he's growing into it. But I just think that they're just the type of team that are there to win silverware like this. You know, they've been, they've been, Second, third best in Leinster for the last five, six years yeah. on average. I, I think. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think they'll win the whole thing. You know, Cavan are the team. So Cavan Sligo on the other side. Then Sligo penalty shootout win against Leitrim. Extra time win against London. They have a bit of momentum. They're missing. I think Nile Murphy is still injured. One of their main players up top. Cavan though. It's brilliant to see them in Croker. And that's the whole point of the Talton Cup. And it's been, it has been a stunning success. And that's why I expect a big crowd there, a big crowd from Sligo, a big crowd mm. from Offaly. Cavan are obviously going to bring massive bring crowd. crowd. But, but I, I think Cavan are the best team in the Talton Cup. I think um, so. Yeah. I, think, I think they'll have too much for Sligo. <laughs> for Sligo. And then, look, I, I think they'll win it. I th- I'm looking at a Cavan Westmead fine. I'd love to see Cavan Offaly, but I think it'll be Cavan Westmead. And I expect Cavan to win it. You've got Galligan, James Smith, mm. Paddy Lynch. Kevin have quality there. McKiernan. If they kick the ball like they did yeah. in the Ultra Championship, they, they can cause some serious trouble. It's unbelievable the Division 4 team. And it's not though. They won it this year. It's just like, they, just well, they were so bad last year, I guess. Yeah. But they seem to have turned the corner. Mickey Graham's got them back doing what they do well. 
they'll have a massive like Cavan are just going to have a massive crowd anywhere they go they're, they're going to have that um, and I think that, I, I think they'll win comfortably on Sunday I, I hope Sunday. I hope we see the Cavan we saw against Donegal and not the Cavan we saw in the league final against Tipperary because they were just so slow and lateral that day the whole were, league final was just so yeah. the league finals yeah. in general were just bad yeah. mm. flat like you scratch them off yeah I think I think uh, yeah it's going to be I think it's going to be Cavan Westmead final, and then James. Yeah, on which it's he? I think, and it's going to be exciting games this weekend. So look forward to see the two of them. So How next much week, tickets for the Tempting Cup games. I haven't checked it, James. To be honest, I haven't checked it, but you'll hopefully break, there's good crowds. You'll break fifty thousand. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, the, the game deserves it. Like, you'll have a big that'd crowd. Be brilliant. So there yeah. you go. It's a massive day for them as well. That's what the Tal the Cup's about, and I hope you see it. Good weather and a good crowd on Sunday. Couple of very, very, very quick questions. And this can be really quick. It's up to you to be quick now, boys. Uh, we've questioned in here. Coach the kids. Did Paddy is under fifteen training with the Dubs tonight? Coaching the stars of the future. Did the GA miss another trick this week? Not bringing the Dubs to Cork. Oh, for the quarterfinals. Yeah, Cork was, was no, kind of. I'm just, actually just fed up with this. It's nonsense. There's not one person across the country that agrees that some of the games over the last couple of weeks should have been played in Croke. We're at the quarterfinal stage. There's obviously commercial reasons that GAA, premium ticket owners, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Those games are going to be in Pro Park. There's no way they're going to be changed. Would yeah. it be brilliant to see Dublin Cork in a cell on a Saturday night in Porky Creeve? Of course it would. But sure, why would you do something like that if you're the GAA? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's not much of an argument to be made around the quarterfinals, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, what is the main reason for it? Is it to do with, is it television? That's because I don't know. it's better on commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no it's better on, yeah. it makes no sense to take service. <laughs> It's yeah, so strange. It, it's just like, did you see the, the view, the look of it on TV? It was shocking. There was nobody in the Canal End. There was nobody in the Canal End. I was at the Cup of the Month Golf Finals last week. <laughs> Were you? Uh, there was a bigger crowd at it. I swear really? to God. Like, it was horrendous to see. Like, it's taken away from the glory of Coca. We'll come back. We'll come back to it again. Yeah, moving on. There's so much still wrong with the Championship. Like, there's so much still wrong. There is. Do you know what, though? I tweeted the goal, the O'Neill pass, that goal and all I said was football played like this perfect that got a million impressions and loads of people sure international people quote right. tweeting it but I'm just saying if the game was played the right way like, uh, and we marketed it properly that ga- this game could go anywhere boys it's such it's a good game it's such a, and Jimmy but nobody know, wants to see that goal in a in an empty crop park no it wouldn't have even got 10,000 impressions if not a chance yeah. It would say, oh, yeah, what's that training be, session going on there? You used to be like marketing for super value or something. You used to be flogging this championship. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, go on Twitter without being heckled by coaches. Like. <laughs> James Donahue, can you talk us through your one six of the weekend? We've got multiple questions about it. Paddy Andrews then heckled <laughs> you on Twitter. He said, let me guess, one penalty, two frees, or three frees, three marks. <laughs> one six that. for the Legion. You You're in good form. No way you scored from play. We're doing all right. We're doing all right. But you're in good form. Division one league. You feeling good? Body feeling good? Body's feeling good, yeah. Yeah, what boots are you wearing this season? I actually bought a lovely new pair of tempos there last week. Okay, I need help because I bought the wrong boots recently. Just do it. Okay. They're lovely. Okay. But uh, no, we're going around. When's the last time you scored from play? Three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I don't kick freeze. I don't take him. <laughs> we saw the free you kicked last week. score one six from play yesterday. That was a man. No chance. That was a man, was it? <laughs> Go on, how much did you score from play, James? How much did you score from play? He's kind of rumbled. Uh, Surely the goal was in play. They were all three. They were all three. No, huh? The goal was in play, no? No, we got a goal at the end on the break. Okay, okay. And did you win? We did. We won by 
Good, but, good. Okay, uh, very quickly, he got man of the match. I felt so sorry from having to do the interview. Kevin, he, Kevin Feely, is he the best midfielder in the country? No. Was he the best midfielder <laughs> at the weekend? Yeah, I think he's, he's the best midfielder at the weekend. He was. Yeah. He's he's great on the ball as well. He's very good in the air. He's very calm on the ball. He's, great he's a great engine. He's a really good player. He's he's yeah. clever. He's intelligent. He's not just giving the ball away either. He's he's a clever player. Yeah, I think he'd get on. I really think he'd get on any team. team. I think he'd get on any team. Yeah. I think he'd start on any team. We're going to talk about him more next week when we talk about the matchups. Um, but Ryan Connolly has suggested that Ryan O'Neill has been more influential than the Cliff so far. Surely Footballer of the Year if Armagh reaches semi final. We can have that argument next week. Just a reminder to everybody. No that Footballer of the Year is decided when they haven't played the All Ireland quarter finals. 100%. I agree. This, the yeah. championship starts now. Business sure. now. 100%. Okay, so last two points of business. Just to mention, it is the final transfer window for your fantasy Gaelic teams. Paddy Andrews, make your changes this week. You've got five free transfers, max four from each county. This is your I final warning. To, I still have half the throne team in my team. Jesus. I know you do. So you're going to have to get your, your changes. And just one final message. We've got a request in from Paddy Moran. Paddy said, Tommy, how's things? Could you please give a mention at the end of the show next week to Jackie Lenehan? He was the Clare Galway senior football kit man for over 10 years. No player ever got to train in our game before him ever. The club didn't have to buy a football in those 10 years, but we sadly lost him last week. He was the heart and soul of the team and a character the way it all is. I appreciate, uh, we really appreciate it if you just give him a mention next week on the show because... People like Jackie are what make playing football great. Yeah. Memories and the characters behind the scenes at the club. Please keep up the good work. Thanks a million. So just to mention to Jackie and to everyone in Clare Galway, sorry to hear about your loss. I think we all know people like that around the grounds and, cl- and clubs all around the place. So um, Brilliant people you meet when you're playing at any level, club level, inter-county level. Like you say, we all know people like that that just make the journey and the experience more special. Yeah. And very sorry for their loss. Yeah. yeah. 100% commiseration so that is episode 22 of the football pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue lads I do look forward to talking to you next week we're going to have two Tatchin Cup semi-finals to review we're going to have four All-Ireland quarterfinals to preview can't wait to chat to you enjoy your week take care and thanks to everyone at home for listening in once more to the football pod cheers Sam good luck